Welcome, everyone. I am Bob Wurzelbacher, the director of the Respect Life Office for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and this is our video podcast series that we call Being Pro-Life. Each month, we'll discuss a different topic in the Respect Life arena. We'll hear a personal story from someone deeply affected by that issue, and finally, we'll share ways that you can get involved. This month's topic is student life groups. This week, we're going to be talking to Seton High School. As always, we have special guests. Will you please introduce yourselves? I'm Leah Yefner, and I'm a senior. And I'm Emily, and I'm a senior also. All right, so Emily and Leah, you're at Seton High School. So what's the name of your life group? Our club's called Saints for Life. All right, so Saints for Life. Tell us about your Saints for Life. What kind of activities does a Seton Saints for Life group do? So we have club meetings with the whole club every Thursday, and then the board meets just by ourselves about probably every Tuesday morning. And so... Now it's kind of not as much because of Corona, but some activities that we've done in the past, we've held a baby shower. So we all bring desserts and play games that you would play at a normal baby shower. And everybody brings in donations, whether it's like bottles or diapers or clothes or money for the Pregnancy Center West, which is just on the street from us. We go to Planned Parenthood and pray the rosary. We'll start at the church. We'll start the rosary there, and then we'll make our way to a Planned Parenthood that's nearby. Are you talking about Holy Name on Auburn Avenue and that Planned Parenthood on Auburn Avenue? Yeah, it's by Life Supporter. Right. Uh, I've been there quite a bit. That's on Fifth Saturdays. All right, so the most recent Life's Fifth Quarter that they were just talking about, uh, we recorded this in November, so the most recent march with the students from Holy Name Parish to the nearby Planned Parenthood Surgical Facility. By the way, that's the last standing surgical abortion facility in the Cincinnati area, the one on Auburn Avenue in Cincinnati. If you don't know that, it's the last one. It's the only one. So anyway, so that rosary and procession, that just took place on Halloween because that was the fifth Saturday. The next one is the last Saturday of January. So that's coming up at the end of this month. So if anybody wants to come to that, is there is there anything they need to know about how to get involved in that? So you can just show up to the mass and then follow the group out uh, the Planned Parenthood while praying. And I would highly recommend it. It's really powerful because you feel like you're actually doing something. And you never know if that could change someone's mind. Maybe bring a friend, you know? Bring a friend. It makes it more fun. So Holy Name on Auburn Avenue. It's at, at 8 a.m. every Saturday, but we're particularly talking about fifth Saturdays. And then uh, right after that mass, there's an immediate procession while praying the rosary, just a couple blocks down to the to the Planned Parenthood facility. It's very well organized. It's very peaceful. The, uh, some people might be a little bit scared to do that sometimes. Is there any reason to be afraid? I know I'll admit when I first was going, I was a little nervous. I was like, I don't want to offend anyone or upset anyone. But even coming from the street, a lot of people like saying nice things or like honking their horns in support. And you're honestly just standing there, right? Like you're not doing anything to harm or offend anyone. And I'm shy. So I was also just like, ah, I don't want to be loud or anything, but you're just praying the rosary with the group and, you know, doing a little individual prayer. Are you guys the, the president and vice president of this group or what is your association with it specifically? So we have kind of tasks that we all have to do. For example, like I'm in the service group. And so I'm with, I have connections with Frankie Center West. A couple weeks ago, I went over there and got diapers and then we tied them together and I brought them back, stuff like that. 
there's also a prayer group, activities group. So one other girl and I, we every probably like once a month on every Thursday, we just gather any like relevant pro-life news and present it to the club just to like keep going and show them that we're actually like making improvements and stuff is actually happening. There's a secretary, treasurer, probably like eight of us. So Pregnancy Center West, I'm very familiar with them. Laura Yards, you probably know Laura Yards then, the current executive director. I think she comes to, when we give our donation for the baby shower, I think Laura is the one that comes. So you talked a little bit about service. What kind of service do you do other than gathering money and donating money to Pregnancy Center West? We're probably in charge of a meeting every two months. And recently we worked with Pregnancy Center West I picked up probably 20 boxes of diapers and uh, at our club meeting, we tied about eight together and then I brought them all back to Pregnancy Center West. They use the diapers to uh, new mothers, give them the reality that they're going to have a child, you know, because we're not just about newborn babies, but we're also about everywhere, no matter what age. So we're going to probably like next meeting we're in charge of, we're going to maybe write letters or make bracelets for people in nursing homes. We don't really know what the restrictions of Corona, but that's our, that's our hope. Right. And that's really important right now. I've heard a lot about people who can't be visited in nursing homes and really being very, very lonely. Some of their, even their family members can't visit them as often as they normally would right now because of the, the coronavirus situation. So that's that's outstanding. So womb to tomb, as we like to say, right? We're, con- we're concerned not just about unborn babies, but we're concerned about families and their moms. And we're also concerned about people at the end of life and all those stages in between for that matter. So that's terrific. Let's talk a little bit about the March for Life. So I know you usually bring a big group to the March. Seton, that is anyway, brings a big group to the March for Life in Washington, D.C. For anybody out there listening who's never been on the march, right? Tell us, what is that like? So for us, at least, we go like a day in advance. So the first day we visit the St. Elizabeth and Seton Shrine. And then my sophomore year, two years ago, we visited the The cathedral. cathedral. So after that, we'll go to some museums. Yeah, that's when we'll see like the Abraham Lincoln Memorial, all the memorials just kind of take in the life of Washington, D.C. And then that night, we go to a school and we have a very nice mass, one of my favorite masses of the year. Are you talking about the mass at the Basilica or a different mass? No, it's a mass with just um, girls. Um, it's at a school and this we have adoration. And he makes it super real. He blesses us personally with some prism. And it's really, and then we are offered uh, reconciliation as well. So do you take a priest along with you from Cincinnati? It's the priest that is at the that school. So that's Thursday night. Yeah. And then the next morning, we go to the youth rally for life. I think. And yeah. then after that, we go on the march. And then... Usually we end with some Chick-fil-A, yeah, Steve Shabbat. That's right. Representative Steve Shabbat and uh, Representative Brad Wenstrup, they both offer the Chick-fil-A after the march, right? I always go, so I'm familiar with that. So that's your schedule. That's what you do. But tell us about the march itself. What is that like for people who haven't been? The March for Life, I would say, it really starts with the rally. It's probably 50,000 people, kids, adults gathered together and we have mass. 
And I don't know, that's really inspiring to me because I've never been to a mass with that many people besides the march. And there's about, what, 50 bishops and priests and 50 nuns. So it's just yeah. really powerful to see just so many people in holy orders, like down there. Yeah, and then after that, we start the march. And throughout the march, they show, well, first you hear people praying the rosary, you know, saying chants. Like, it's something that really is close to everyone's heart, which is moving in just itself. But they also show pictures of, like, unborn babies. And you're like, you feel the reality of, wow, this is something that we're doing. We're saving these people's lives just by being here. So that's probably, like, the most moving part of the whole experience. And it's right. just powerful to see so many people with your same beliefs because I feel like nowadays it's kind of hard to like see people who are so pro-life just because of how the media twists everything. But I'm not trying to get political, but it's just <laughs> it's just powerful to see that there are still so many people who are pro-life and who are still you still know that this is like such an important topic. Yeah. So, so why do you think it's important, regardless of who is sitting in the office of president, why is it important for us to continue to go to Washington to see every year on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade? That's what this is, the anniversary of the decision to make abortion legal in every state. Why is it important for us to continue to march every year? Personally, I think it's important because one person can see that and realize that if that saves one baby, I think it's like all worth it just because it's a mom sees that and sees that so many people like can help her and support her. You're taking your wild guess, having been, how many people do you think, you know, are marching down that street? You said 50,000, but that was the arena for the youth rally mass. And then you go out to the street and then we have that, we have that march. How many people do you think are there? I would say probably like 300,000. Like if you cannot see, no. it is a wave of people you're like shoulder and shoulder with them, you know, you they, you get to know the people next to you, kind of. I would agree with that. I mean, there's no way I could possibly count it, but you're in that street and you're, and this is just wall-to-wall -wall people all the way up the street, all the way down the street to the end. You, it has to be hundreds of thousands. It has to be. I just can't imagine that it's not. Now, unfortunately, this year, everything is different. Of course, it's still happening. Rain shine, snow, coronavirus, there's always going to be a March for Life in Washington, D.C., so that is still happening. Okay, so did you say, because you have a lot of people go to that March for Life, did you say there's like five or six people officially part of this Life Club? Or did I hear that wrong? There's like eight people on the board that like run the club, and there's probably like close to like 50 to 60 girls that are like actually in the club, attend okay. the meetings, but don't go to the board meetings. I was going to say, I can't believe there's five or six people in the seat. In life. I couldn't believe that. That's not good. I'm glad I misunderstood that. Okay. So like 50 or something like that, people involved in that. Okay. So sometimes I talk to schools and their life clubs though are small, five, six, seven people, right? Now, maybe the whole time you've been in seat and it's been a big club, but nonetheless, for someone who is part of a small club, or maybe they don't even have a club at their school. Would you even have any advice on how it is that you take that club at your school and make it a big one, thriving one, like it is at Seton High School? So I would let like the other students, if you're interested in it, like know how fun and how impactful the March for Life is and how it can really change your life. And also I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about the unborn and abortion. And once you kind of realize the truths about it, it's kind of 
hard to like turn a blind eye and just ignore what's really happening. So I feel like if you make people understand that, then you'll get a lot more. I would also say that if the person is trying to start a club, I think it's important for them to go themselves because uh, after going, you, ju you just want to make your club bigger. You know, you just want to spread the word that we can make a difference through this. All right. So anything else you wanted to say about your club, Saints for Life, there at Seton High School? Hi, I'm Miss Wendell. I'm the moderator of the Saints for Life Club here at Seton High School. And back in 2010, when I was in high school at Seton, I helped Al Kovacic start the Saints for Life Club. When you asked the question about what would I, what would we say to somebody interested in maybe getting more involvement in their club? So we had originally started the club and it centered around the March for Life. We would maybe meet a couple other times a year and pray the rosary together. And there was maybe like 10 of us that were technically in the club. And then we would have a bus full of girls though that would go on the March for Life. But some of my friends and I, we started really being touched by the love of Christ and saw how that impacted our own self-understanding and helped us value our life in a deeper and truer sense than we could have ever imagined. And we said, this is a lot more than just about the March for Life or just about serving the pregnancy centers. And like, this is what we really want our club to be about, the life of Christ and the souls of these girls in our school. And so we changed the whole structure of our club, which you heard about earlier in the interview. There's now a board of girls and they each have, they have a different, there's different teams of girls. And we go on retreat at the beginning of every year so that they too can be renewed in the love of Christ. And then we really emphasize what it means to be pro-life is much bigger, deeper, richer than just preserving the life of an unborn child. So that's essential to the thing. But we even have two girls will continue to educate us in theology of the body. They have to be trained through Pregnancy Center East or Real Woods, or those are the two main places in Cincinnati that they can take theology of the body classes. And then they'll give us their meetings. They're called the St. Maria Goretti team. Their meetings are focused around theology of the body to help us grow in our personal dignity as women. And then, like they said, with the news, the service, all of these things are bound up in like a holistic and faithful understanding of the gift of human personhood. So, I mean, it's always a work in progress, something that we're growing in, but we really publicize the club in this way, that it's really about the fact that we as human persons can share in the life of God. That's what makes our life so valuable, so worth living, more than like a worm or a dog or a zebra. Right. Human beings are created in the image of God. It is not the same with a dog um, or any or any of the rest of God's creation. All right. Well, thank you for talking with us today about your school life group, how students from across the Archdiocese can stand up for life at their own schools here in the Archdiocese outside of our Planned Parenthood Center, and maybe even start their own group at their school. Thanks for spending time with us today. Thanks for having us. And I want to thank all our viewers and listeners for tuning in on this episode of our Being Pro-Life series. Head to the website to view more resources talked about in this episode at www.catholicaoc.org slash being-pro-life. Thank you again for joining us today. I look forward to being with you next time.